on policy, economics, and politics. This episode is on women in government. 2018 was a monumental year for women in government as women were elected to federal and statewide office in historic numbers. However, despite the strides made toward gender equity in our government, women only make up 20% of the 116th Congress and hold six governorships. Societal and institutional barriers such as traditional family structures and gender pay disparities tend to discourage women from taking part in a costly campaign which will require a lot of time away from their households. Earlier this year, I had the opportunity to interview Casey Prince of the Plano City Council. Councilwoman Prince discussed the challenges faced by women who seek elected office and how local government creates opportunities for civic engagement in order to promote diversity and inclusion. My guest today is Casey Prince, who is a councilwoman on the Plano City Council. She grew up in Plano, is a graduate of Plano West Senior High, and received her Bachelor of Arts in Corporate Communications and Public Affairs at SMU, as well as an MBA at Texas A&M Commerce. And she currently works at Baylor Scott & White in Marketing and Communications. Councilwoman, thank you so much for appearing on the podcast. Yeah, I'm happy to be here. Thank you so much for inviting me. Oh, absolutely. Uh, We're happy to hear your perspectives on local government and women in politics. So let's begin. What motivated you to run for local office? Well, I think the great thing about being involved in local government is that it's so close to the people. Mm -hmm. And I love people. And so you really get to interact with the people you're close enough to the people that you get to see them at the grocery store, you know, you get to run into them in your neighborhood and they can get face to face to you with issues and concerns that they have and then you can go and you can advocate for them and you can help them if they have a concern with their sidewalk or mm-hmm. with a screening wall or with a pothole. And so to me, it's very rewarding to just get to know the people that you're serving face to face and then also get to help them with their issues. And so I love that part of it because I really love people. But specifically, the reason I wanted to get involved in serving Plano is because I grew up there and I was born there, I was raised there, I lived there all my life and I just love Plano. I think it's a great city. I feel really blessed blessed to have been raised in such a wonderful city and uh, now my husband and I are raising our two boys there and I just feel passionate about making sure that the next generation of citizens get to have a great place to live like I did and so I wanted to make sure that there's leaders who are going to make good decisions for the next generation. I hope to be able to lead in such a way that we're making those good decisions. So I got involved right out of college. I started serving on the Parks and Rec Board. I served for five years. I shared it for three, and then I served on the Planning and Zoning Commission for three years. Wow. And then when I did that, people started saying, hey, you should consider running for city council. And so I decided to do that. So thank you for giving us a rundown of your previous history, volunteering with the city of Plano and being on the different boards that you were on. So were there any particular issues that you felt that your own perspective would be helpful in finding a solution? There's not necessarily one particular issue, but I just feel like a diversity of viewpoints, whether that's 
gender, age, cultural background, I think whenever you have that, it helps us create better solutions to problems. I think whenever you have too many people that think exactly alike, I think that that hinders the creative solution-making process. And so regardless of the issue, I think it's important to have people at the table that have different backgrounds and different thought processes so that we can all bring our experiences and our viewpoints so that we can be creative in solving problems. And so I think it makes us stronger. And as a working mom, I'm the only one on council currently that's a young working mom. And so I think I bring a different perspective than my fellow council members. They all have different perspectives too. And I think when we bring those together, it's really powerful. And so I think that I look at things a little bit differently. I think as a young working mom, I really bring a perspective of looking to the future. What's going to be better for that next generation? What are those issues that my kids are going to face? What are my fellow citizens? What are their kids? What are their grandkids going to face? And so Mm -hmm. I really try to look at all of those issues of what's not just best for me and us today, but how are all of our decisions going to impact the next generation 20 years from now? So you mentioned that you're a young working mom. Since most of the council members actually do have full-time jobs, How are you able to balance working full-time with your duties on the city council? I think one thing you have to learn early on, regardless of if you're serving on city council or if you're just volunteering in the community, whatever you decide to do in life is you have to be good at saying no. I think you have to be comfortable with the idea that there's going to be more things that you can do that you are given the opportunity to do, but you have to really be good at prioritizing and saying thank you very much, but I'm not going to be able to do that. And so I think it's a constant balance of just really choosing today, what am I going to prioritize and what am I going to say yes to? Because every time you say yes to something, you're saying no to something else. And so I think that first year on council, it really took me a little while of working to figure out what was the right balance with work and family and with council responsibilities. How much could I handle, you know, physically, mentally, emotionally, and my family, you know, how much could they handle too? And so it's a balance for everybody. But I think that in regards to work, I'm really grateful that I work for a company that has always been very supportive of people giving back to the community and serving, Mm -hmm. whether that be on a nonprofit board, um, volunteering in some capacity. So that's kind of part of the culture and the DNA. And so, like I said, I've always served in some capacity. But I think because I've been a longtime employee, I have some equity in the sense that I also have lots of paid time off and things like that that mm-hmm. are at my disposal that I can use when I need to. Um, and so that's really helpful for me. But I think a lot of it is just the balance of being really confident and having a good direction and a vision for your life and knowing what your priorities are and then being confident and saying, I'm going to say yes and be okay with saying yes or I'm going to say no and be okay with mm-hmm. saying no and then not feeling the guilt afterwards for saying no. Yeah, that's a struggle with a lot of people with work and school and family life and just everything that people have on their plates. A lot of people have more than one thing going on, so it's always a struggle. I think women in particular, too, there's a lot of that guilt of, Mm -hmm. you know, when you're at work, you feel guilty about your kids, or no matter where you are, you feel feel the sense of guilt, and so Mm -hmm. I think we have to give ourselves a break and just say, you know, we've prioritized, we're doing the best we can, 
and just try not to take on all that guilt all the time. Now, you're one of the few women on the council. When you first arrived, did you receive any mentoring from any of the other women that are involved in local government? Yeah, I wouldn't be here where I am today without mentors, and there's been a lot of people who I've looked to and that I still go to when I call and I say, can we have lunch or can I ask you a question? How would you handle this? But I'd say one person in particular that I really early on helped me and still helps me is um, Missy Bender, and she's the current president of the Plano ISD Board of Trustees. Mm -hmm. And she is going to be retiring from that position, and she's served for many, many years, and she's going to be stepping down from that in a few weeks. But her and I met several years ago when we both served on the PISD Alumni Steering Committee. Mm -hmm. And she has just been a really wonderful guiding force in my involvement and then just great in being someone who I can bounce ideas off and say, hey, how would you have handled this? What would you suggest that I do in this situation? But she just um, gives great perspective and she's really been there every step of the way, very encouraging and supportive. And so I'm really grateful. When people come to me advice that, oh, I want to get into this, I think it's important to have the perspective to be open to feedback Mm -hmm. and open to listening and not to think that you know it all. So I think it's always important to have a mentor and to always be open to that, you know, have a handful of people that can say either you're going down this path and you shouldn't or just to be open to feedback because we never want to get into a position where we think that we you know, have a monopoly on all the knowledge. Mm -hmm. So it's always important to have people in our lives who can say, you know, speak into our lives and give us wisdom. Absolutely. Yeah. Everyone has room to grow. So being able to accept that feedback and criticism and, and take it to heart and really grow from there is important. Right. What do you think might be some of the barriers that might discourage women from entering politics? As we've discussed, there's not very many women on the city council. What are some of your thoughts on that? I think there's several. I think time. I think people's work, family, kids. I think money. It's expensive to run a campaign. I think just the idea of getting into a campaign and it seeming overwhelming, um, the knowledge, not knowing how to do it, the fear factor of doing that. And then I think a big one nowadays is just the climate, Mm -hmm. the political climate, and it being a little bit more adversarial than it than it used to be and people just wanting to distance themselves from it and say why would I put myself in that position Mm -hmm. and I think all of those things are I mean in aggregate you know it could be one thing more for somebody than another but in aggregate those are all things that are keeping people from wanting to get involved. What are some of the things that you feel could be done to remove those barriers to to facilitate more gender parity in local government? Well, I think that all of us can help support women more. Um, Not everybody is going to step up and say, I'm going to run for city council or uh, some elected office, and not everybody needs to. Mm -hmm. But I think all of us can get involved in our community in some way. And maybe it looks like you get behind a candidate that you think is a great person running for office, and you say, okay, well, I could help support her. I can be there for you to help with your kids if you need to, Mm -hmm. or I could volunteer on your campaign, or maybe I'll just offer to cook you a meal while you're campaigning. It takes a huge support team for somebody to pull something like that. 
off and if maybe if more women felt like they had the team around them that they would step up but if people feel like they are isolated and they don't have the team around them then I think that that's what's scary but if they felt like they had people coming around them more mm -hmm. then I think that um, maybe that there would be more women who did it. I also think that from a just a climate standpoint I think we all have to change our tone to that's more of respect mm -hmm. and I think we need to um, separate issues from people I think that um, people are more important than issues and so I think when we campaign we need to focus on the issues and not people and we've just got to start showing respect for people more and I think we can disagree on issues I have no problem when somebody disagrees with me and but we have to be able to separate and say I disagree with you on this issue but I still see that you're you're a person and you mm -hmm. have dignity and worth as a person Absolutely. and so if we can all get to that then I think that the climate can change, but we all have to take responsibility for that ourselves and not point fingers and say, but they are not acting that. We just have to stop and say, I'm gonna take responsibility for my behavior today. Mm -hmm. And um, that goes for how we interact in person, on social media, on email, and we just all have to say, today I'm gonna take responsibility for how I interact in this environment. And so I think that will help. But then finally, I think it's just a personal decision. You know, people, when I decided to run, they said, well, are you gonna be able to do it? You have a job, you have kids, you know, is it gonna be too much? And I, I said, you know, my husband and I decided early on in our marriage that we were going to, um, we have a, a mission for our life to live big, live big for uh, God, live big for family and live big for others. And we said, you know, when we set an example for our kids, it is, um, we are family that serves. We're mm -hmm. family that gives back, and we don't want to set the example that we wait until we're 50, we wait until we're retired, we wait until this perfect time in our life when there's nothing going on to give back. We said we set an example that we we find a way to serve all of the time. And so what I think happens is we all have a reason. We all have an excuse that we can't do something. Um, whether that is, you know, helping our neighbor, you know, uh, getting involved in the local PTA, whatever it is, everybody has a reason. It could be health reason, it could be work, it could be our kids, it could be money, it could be a million different things. But I think that when we all say, okay, I do have a long list of reasons, but if I set those aside and decide I'm going to find a way to give back anyway, that's when our communities really start getting better. And so I just challenge everybody to set aside their reasons and find some way to give back, whether that's knocking on your neighbor's door that might be elderly and saying, can I mow your grass, can I make you a meal, or that's getting involved in a, in a higher level of serving as the president of the PTA. Find some way that you can give back and really help the community. You know, that's a great answer. Um, I actually I have one more question. I just wanted to kind of circle back and follow up on something you said in the beginning mm -hmm. about the different boards that you served on as a volunteer. Yeah. If someone did want to maybe take that baby step yeah. into local government, that would be a good start. Right. How would they get involved in, in something like that? So in Plano, and most cities are like this, you can apply for a board or commission if you're mm -hmm. a citizen of the city. So um, the way it works in Plano is we have an application process that's open all year long. You can go on to our city website and find all of the boards. We have a variety of boards. I mentioned parks and rec and planning and zoning, but there's animal shelter, there's 
cultural affairs, there's community relations, there's senior advisory, there's several of them. And you go on, you put your application, and then um, once a year, typically around July, August timeframe, we go and we appoint new um, commissioners to those boards. Other times there will be an opening that somebody has to step down and we will appoint them at that time. But um, most cities have a similar process. Not everybody's looks exactly the same, but I would just encourage everybody to go to their city website and find out how they can apply. It's a great way to learn about the city. Another way is a lot of cities, in, like in Plano, we have a, a Plano Citizens Academy, and it's a great way to learn about the various departments. How does the Plano Police Department work, or how does the fire department work, the libraries? And it's a great way to find out and just get in the basics of how city government is run. So those are two great opportunities to just get in involved from the from the basic level but I also encourage people if they really do want to start serving on a commission to reach out to one of their city council members and just let them know say this is something I'm really passionate about this is why this is why I think that I'd be a good fit so that you're not just in a sea of applications <laughs> so that the city council member can put a face with a name and so that's um, that's a great way to do it but I think um, I, I love to see more young people mm -hmm. um, get involved because like I said in the beginning we need a diversity of viewpoints and so we want um, younger people we want more mature people we want all different viewpoints and so I would love to see um, more applications from younger citizens too okay this has been a very insightful and very inspiring conversation uh, thank you so much councilwoman thank you very much I appreciate thank you. it Pep Talk is executive produced by Jenny Viatoro and me, Victoria Morales. Our staff sponsor is Aaron Doherty. For this episode, our writer, researcher, recording engineer, and editor was Victoria Morales. Pep Talk can be found on Anchor, Apple Podcasts, Breaker, Google Podcasts, Overcast, Radio Public, Pocket Cast, and Stitcher. Please subscribe to Pep Talk on your favorite streaming platform. We are also on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Epps Podcast. That's E-P-P-S Podcast. Thank you for listening to this episode.